0: Hello there, welcome to our podcast, Africa to the World, where we tell stories to transform
1: lives and bring light and healing. I am Yvonne. And I'm Shami. And we are your hosts.
0: So today we are on the third episode of our three-part series about Hunu, Christianity, often care, and adoption. And the title of today's episode is Adoption as a Single Woman so today we're going to be talking to jane who's going to be telling us about her story and how she has been going
1: through her journey of adoption over to you shamiso thanks yvonne um so jane welcome to the show thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this um i trust we're going to have such a fruitful conversation that's going to be useful to other women out there who are considering adoption So just to kick us off, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming an adoptive parent?
2: What I can say is that I always wanted to be a mom. So it's something that I always felt is something that I would like to do. I didn't know how exactly it's going to happen, whether I'm going to meet someone, get married and it's going to happen or how, but still I'll admit that maybe I was a different thinking kind of person because even when I was young, I would always say that I wanted to adopt even though i really knew nothing about it i was not there wasn't much information out there about adoption when i was young but it was just something that i would always say but in my vision of it i think that i thought i would have a couple of children and then i would also adopt one but you know life happens and um you get to the point where you still feel that you should be a mother so i still felt that i should be a mother so i applied to adopt That's how everything came to be. I actually met Sue, not even met physically because I started thinking about this during COVID. So we actually just talked on the phone and she gave me the information I needed and then gave me some more other people to talk to. And I also went to a workshop for helping people who are thinking about adoption. It's called Moses's Basket. It's run by a church. So I went to that and they also gave more information and I had the opportunity. I think this was slightly before COVID though. So I'm backtracking a bit. I think it was just before the COVID crisis. So I did actually meet people who had adopted children and had a chance to talk to them. So that also helped and strengthened my decision to do that. Wow. So you're like a super new mom yeah i am but i applied i think july 2020 so the application itself i think is also important for people to know this because everyone including myself thinks that it's a very complex process with a lot of papers and all of these things which really it is not you have i think four um papers that you have to submit one is about yourself i think it's only about three pages long and it's nothing serious it's very simple Then you also have to have a referee who is a friend, a referee who's a family member, a referee who's your pastor and your doctor. All of those are very short. Theirs are even shorter than yours. So what I did was I just went to each person in one day and just went through it with them and they all signed and did their bit in one day and I submitted in one day. I didn't want to go round and round about it. So I did all that in one day. Then... That same week that I submitted, Sue encouraged me that after you submit, the next thing is the home visit. Once they've looked at all your paperwork, this includes police clearance. I skipped that part, but police clearance is not a big deal. You can just go to the police station. It can be done right there. It's not difficult. So once they have all that and they review you and they approve you, the home visit is the next stage. And the home visit, it depends on your situation. But for me, it happened in the same week. Everything happened in that one week. And Sue had encouraged me to also offer to pick them up because transport is very difficult for social welfare. So I did offer and I did go and pick them up and they came and they did the home visit and I was approved. So I was approved in one week basically, but that doesn't happen for everyone. Maybe I was just lucky, I don't know, but it doesn't happen like that for everyone. So after that, when they've approved you, it's now just for you to wait. And when a baby comes with the description that you've given, whether you want a boy or girl, or in the age that you've given comes, then you will be called. And it's up to you to decide if you want to go ahead with, what, with the information that you have, because the only information you get is gender and age of the child. You don't get anything else. Sorry. So with, with that information, you decide and you go and see the baby, you can't choose a baby. You can only um, refuse a baby, but you can't say I want that one and not that one. So that's how it works. So I applied, I think it was end of July, 2020, somewhere there. And I was called in October, it was towards the end of October. And they said that they've got a baby girl who's four weeks old, and I should decide if I, want to, if I want to take her. So I said, I'll take her, even though I didn't even know what I was in for. I just said, okay. So I went and I got her. So tell me, Jane.
0: Um, when you mentioned that, uh, you mentioned two things that stood out for me. You mentioned something about the Moses Basket, which was like a program or a support group of some sort that you went through before you adopted the child. And you also mentioned about um, an ex- you had to do a home visit first before you actually got a child allocated to you that you would then adopt. So uh, I just want to understand what was your experience like? when you were going through the home visit, what was going on in your mind, emotionally, mentally, physically? And also secondly, how did the Moses basket, whether it's a foundation or an organization, how did it help you to prepare for such a moment actually?
2: Okay, for the home visit itself, it's really not anything special. It's more of that they just want to know where the child is going. It's not even that you have to be rich or poor or anything. It wouldn't matter even if you lived in a bedsitter or whatever. It's not important, but what's important is that it's an environment that a child can live in. So they're not really so concerned about what you have so much as just that it's a home where a child can be taken care of. For Moses' basket, I thought it was a good um, thing for me to go to that workshop. It was only for, I think it was two hours, but they really helped in terms of explaining the process, like what I told you about all the different um, paperworks that you have to go through. They showed you, they basically showed how simple it is compared to what I thought in my mind. And after going there, Yes, it was daunting, but I was also excited because I could see that I was able to set my process in motion as soon as possible, rather than to keep waiting and wondering and trying to do my own research to find out what I should do if I want to do this, but having people who can actually tell me what I should do and how to do it. And they actually gave out the forms there for us to actually fill in if we wanted to. So that really helped.
0: So what was the reality check for you like when you you got through the application stage and you were approved and now you are ready to bring a ba- bring baby home and all of these things? What, what was your mental state? What was really going on with you?
2: The day was really scary for me because also, though I didn't mention this as I've been telling you the story, even my own mother was against me in a way because she really didn't understand why I would have to do this and why I have to do it this way. It was really just, for the, for that whole time from July all the way up to the point when I was actually called to get the baby, we weren't even really talking that much because she was really upset with me for going ahead with this whole thing and wanting to do this. She just didn't get why I had to do this. It was really upsetting for her i'm not really sure why exactly maybe it was just that she didn't understand but strangely on the actual as i got the call and was told that i have to pick up i think i got the call on a friday or thursday being told that i'm picking up the baby on a monday so i had time to tell her that this is what has now happened and there's now a baby that i'm going to go and pick up on monday Okay, be quiet. She agreed to go with me to pick up the baby. I was surprised. I didn't expect it. I thought she was really upset with me. But it turns out that it wasn't um maybe it was just a lack of knowledge. And the process itself, already emotionally I was really, really just not sure of just exactly what I guess it was reality that now you've been pulled. Now you're actually getting into a car to drive to go and pick up a baby. And you don't know anything about babies for a start. Nothing at all. So what are you actually going to do? How are you going to learn all these things? What's going to happen? But Mm -hmm. I just thought I was worried because I also know nothing about this baby, by the way, except her age and her gender. But I just said, you know what? I'm really sure that this is for me. So I'm just going to go and see what happens. And I'm just going with it. I'm not going to question anything. No matter what I see there, I'm just going ahead with it. That's what I decided. So we went. My mom accompanied me as well as my brother. We had to pick up the social workers because, as I've said, transport is very difficult. So you start by picking them up because they have to go with you. The babies are, are usually placed in a hospital, especially as young as she was, because she was turning four weeks the week that we were getting her, because they'll be checking them for all kinds of medical things and all of that. So you get them from Harare Hospital. So we had to drive there with the social workers and then go and see the baby, get through the paperwork. I think when I saw the baby, I was still it was still not real to me, I just thought, I don't know what I thought, but I think it was not real to me. I think even when I got the baby in my arms to actually, well, I couldn't even keep her in my arms cause I was the one driving. I still didn't really know what exactly I'm doing. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: absolutely makes sense for sure it does.
2: Because it's not the same thing as preparing for nine months and knowing that Yes, I knew it would happen, but I never knew it would happen this fast. Because you don't get a time frame as well when you apply. You're not told, oh, in this number of months, possibly there will be a baby for you. There's nothing like that. So you wouldn't know that. So I I think I was just not sure how I really feel. I just said, I'm just going to take the baby. We're just going to get on with this thing. And we just took the baby from the nurse who had been taking care of her and she was quite a well i mean she was quite emotional as well because she's the one who's been taking care of her for all this time from the beginning up to this point for the last three weeks or now going on to four weeks so she was quite Mm -hmm. emotional as well but she was happy that the baby now has a home and she's just not there waiting for someone to come and get her so i just took her number just to maybe chat with her later and just tell her how the baby's doing. We still talk even now. I still update her and tell her how the baby's doing and what she's up to now. And she also was nice enough to share a picture of the baby when she arrived at the hospital on her first day because I wouldn't have got that from anyone because I didn't know how she was like or what happened when she arrived. So that was really nice of her. Oh, that's like
0: a... It's a powerful moment in your journey of you being connected to the genesis of this child. And um, also that uh, how you feel and how you are reacting. And I think it's, it's absolutely normal because first of all, you're a first time mom. And like you said, you have never really been, okay, this child is not the child that you physically carried in your own womb. So you're bound to have that, that, oh my gosh, what am I doing? But then it's absolutely understandable. Yeah, it's absolutely understandable, your journey this far. Over to you, Shamisa.
1: Thanks, Yvonne. So one of the key things for me as you were talking is just the importance of community and how you were pretty much surrounded by this very strong adoptive community that gave you all the information that you needed, that um, helped you to actually become lot more sure of your decision and to stand by it even though um, family wasn't necessarily supportive so you mentioned your mom that your mom was one of the people who didn't um, support you initially is there anyone within your family setup who actually was on board with you from the word
2: go well I didn't really tell a lot of people at the at that point when I didn't even have the baby because her lack of support was more in the process of getting to the baby but before that i didn't really tell a lot of people i just didn't see that it was really their business like aunts and whoever i just thought it's better to keep quiet until you actually have something happening when there's actually a baby then you can talk about something if you don't mind me asking how old are you
1: (laughs) very old i'm 47. she's like very old you look very very young actually i would not have guessed oh that's very kind of you i'll take it as kindness (laughs) okay so with the whole adoption um process or, or the idea to adopt was it more of a situation where um you just never got married or maybe you've previously tried to have a child um, and that didn't work out can you just talk us through that
2: well as I was saying to you you always think that you have the plan and you know what you want to do but sometimes life just doesn't work out that way if the way I saw it for myself personally I just didn't have the perfect partner that I would have wanted to make that life choice with and I wouldn't pick someone that I really don't feel we've got much of a future just because I want to have a child. I would not do that. I would rather Mm. be alone with a child than be with a partner that's not really the partner that I would want to raise a child with. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I was saying that this past week. Like, you know what? Sometimes I look at certain people and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Single parenting might be better than lugging around this dead weight. Yeah, um, because sometimes plus a a child.
2: Because for me, I feel if I'm going to be with someone, I really believe the most important thing is where am I taking that person? Am I taking him higher? Is he taking me higher? Because we shouldn't be making Mm -hmm. each other suffer to lug around someone, you know, on either side. We should actually be taking each other higher. I don't know if that makes sense. So if I can't take you higher and you can't take me higher, then let's not go on this journey. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. sense a whole lot so of things. So I don't know why. I guess I just accepted that being single is the journey I'm on right now. And it's not a bad journey. Of course, yeah, you can get lonely. And yeah, you think about the obvious sort of idea, ideal life that you would have had in mind when you were younger. But sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. But that doesn't have to be a sad thing or a bad thing, you know. There are lots of things that I have in my life that I am really grateful for. Great friendships, family support, a lot of
1: things. So if you could have done this earlier, um, would you?
2: Or do you wish you had done this earlier? I would. But then I think sometimes, really, I think things just happen when you're ready for them. Because, yes, I could have done this in my 30s, but... Even though I don't remember that much about my 30s, but I feel like maybe I really just wasn't ready for that. I think sometimes things just happen when they're supposed to.
0: Yeah, you're so right about that. Timing is always perfect, isn't it? So so now that you have baby number one, are you looking forward to adopt another child in the future? Or are you going to wait a bit on that and see what's the progress with your current child?
2: I would want to, but the only thing that would make me not want to is simply that the processes always change. Even as I'm telling you all these things, it doesn't mean that it's going to be like that for another person in terms of process. Even though there's so little paperwork, the actual process itself can also be slow. Have you experienced any
0: challenges so far on your journey of parenting? And if you don't mind me asking, you said, uh, when exactly did you adopt your, your daughter? It was back in 2020.
2: Okay, what happens is when I got her in 2020, I was getting her as a foster parent, so I was basically a place of safety, that's how you start. You can't take a child as to adopt straight away, it doesn't work that way, you have to take them and be placed, the child has to be placed with you, then you make an application for adoption to the magistrate's court, to the children's court. All right.
1: so,
0: so she's almost like two, two and a half, almost three, Samete, right? no. Now she is one year, 10 months. Oh, amazing. So what challenges do you think you, you have currently experienced in the journey of one year, 10 months with your daughter?
2: To be honest, none at all. I think it's just, that's why I said sometimes it's just a matter of the right things happening at all the right time. She was not a crier, so it's not like I was having sleepless nights or having problems. She's just easy and she loves everyone. If you were to meet her, you would just think, Okay, you really love everyone. Nah. It's very, and very she sounds lovely. like a happy baby. <laughs> she is. She's super happy. She does. So because of that, I don't feel I don't feel stress or pressure because she's just so easy. I don't even have a maid because I don't need one. What would the maid be doing? Because nothing to do. And so what has
1: been the best part of your journey?
2: I think really I didn't know what a precious gift it is to be a parent and to have a child. I wish I had understood that sooner. I think it's one of the most precious things that can happen to someone. It really is. And kids are very loving unconditionally. For her, I know that I'm not her actual parent, but I hope that when she starts to talk, we'll start to have those conversations so she understands that there are different types of moms in the world. I wouldn't keep it a secret from her about how she came to be here. I always want her to know how she came to be here, and for her to know that she is very loved.
0: Just listening to you it gets me all excited and mushy inside because you know it's it's amazing. I think we forget, or we really do not understand the gift of being a parent. It's it's something that we we need to come to that realization of how it's such a precious moment and. And, and everything that comes with it, you know.
2: It's easy to do things for a child because of the love that you feel for them. And you always read about it. Oh, how parents' love is unconditional. It's like this and it's like that. And you just think, oh, whatever. But really it is true. <laughs> yeah. That is very true. I just wanted to grow up understanding that it's not always blood that counts. But you can also be loved by people who are not your blood
0: so so if you don't mind me asking do you have any friends or family or someone close to you that you may be it was in your circle of uh friends that may have gone through this journey or are you just the one person in the circle of your friends who's going through this journey um and i just want to understand in terms of support system if you have like direct friends around you
2: Well, I don't have direct friends that were already in my circle, but in the process, I made other friends and discovered that someone I went to school with was in the process at the same time that I was, even though we didn't know it. Another mother had just invited me who adopted a child and she lives in my area. She just invited me just to chat and whatever. And she said she was inviting another friend. So I didn't know who the other friend was until she arrived and I realized we went to school together. And she's also in the same journey. She adopted a baby boy, and she's also really happy with her situation and her decision. She's also um, a single woman who's decided to go on this journey, and it's going well for her.
0: So in your own understanding, how important is it for single women out there who, um, who are choosing or what who are maybe contemplating on I want to adopt a child, but I'm not yet sure. How important is it for single women out there to have a support structure? First of all, to have, whether it's in-house, at home, at work, or friends, or inner circles, or even um, places
2: like Moses Basket that help you prepare for the journey. I think it is important to a level, but you're also still really like any other mother because it's still a mother-child relationship. But those people would be there for them if they wanted to go. They still post on Facebook for workshops and everything. That's I saw it on Facebook and really wanted to go. But at the time, I wasn't in the country. Then my friend actually invited me because she goes to the church that hosts it. And so I was like, this time I'm here, so I'm actually going. They always post so people can always attend. Even if they're not sure, I really recommend that they actually just take the time to go there and just listen to what the people have to say. And just see other people who've already done it, possibly the next time people like me will be there as the parents of adopted children. I just think it's a good way for you to really know if this is for you. Okay. So if
1: you are to give um, advice to other women who are thinking of um, going on the journey of parenthood as a single woman... Um, what's the biggest piece of advice?
2: Mm. I think really, if you even have the feeling in your heart that this is what you want to do, I think maybe then it is really for you and you need to listen to that and go with it and not keep waiting and wondering and twiddling your thumbs. Don't wait. Go ahead and do it because there are lots of children out there who are waiting and really want someone to take care of them. And if you've got... And you don't need much to take care of a child. Yes, I'm not denying it needs money, but I really think that if it's on your heart, I think there's a reason why it's there and you need to follow that. I did follow that and I know it's the most right decision I've ever made in my life. Out of all the decisions, I think this is the best thing I have done.
1: Did you ever wonder about adopting and then meeting someone after you've adopted a child? So like a potential significant other
2: yeah I've thought about it and I just think you know what it's about whether the person accepts where you're at and where they're at and obviously in such things you now have to be careful because you're also looking at the welfare of your child in in that relationship so that person obviously you'd really have to look at be sure about who this person is because I'm not willing to You know, my child's quality of life should be as good as when we were just by ourselves, if it comes to that, if not better, Mm. because I shouldn't bring someone here to make her life worse. I should be bringing someone here to make her life better. I think I would really analyze the person more, maybe even more than I would have if it was just myself by myself.
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes sense. And the reason why I asked that question is because Um, The idea of adoption is something that's been at the back of my mind for years and years. And I get side eyes (laughs) because it's like, you're so young. Why are you thinking about adoption? You haven't even gotten married. What if you meet someone and then he doesn't want your child? And it's just all these what ifs, what ifs. And for me, that's a deal breaker. Because whether I adopt when I'm single or I get married first, it's something that I would like to do one day. So if someone doesn't see themselves um,
2: doing that, then we
1: can't play ball. But it, it never makes sense to people.
2: I would say if you're going to go there, I think wait until you at least reach maybe just after your mid-30s because I think that's a better time to be thinking about that because you'll have a clear idea. Either you've met your Mr. Right and you're going to drive away into the sunset or, <laughs> or not. You know, you just don't know, you know, what's going to happen.
0: How do you think your decision has either come to support, to challenge, or come to change a system that we have known for so many years that you should always, um, you only have children when you're married, you can't, it's not right for a single woman or the negative connotations for single women who've got kids um how do you think your journey especially when we're talking about adoption challenges the way we see family units now
2: i think it does challenge it but i think in a good way because at the end of the day growing up i was always told well not really told but you would just hear it being whispered she's a single mother she's a single mother and you just hear whispering and whatever and it was always a negative connotation i don't know if you guys Know it that way, it was always whispered around, ah, she's a single mother. It was not something that was talked about in a way of pride, but rather of like, mm, she must not be a person with a good reputation. She couldn't be a good woman because how did she become a single mother? When she married, why didn't she have a husband? It was kind of looked upon like that. But my hope is that we can move away from such thinkings and move towards different family units, as you said, or different family compositions that aren't the nuclear family or what we grew up as being told was the only right way? Because you can only support the right way if it's actually working from a societal point of view.
0: The whole journey of parenting uh, should not be defined in one whole statement. Yes, we would all ideally want to be in a nuclear family setup, but like like the journey that you have taken there are so many women right now maybe sitting on the fence thinking or if I adopt and I'm not yet married, my chances of getting a suitable suitor are, uh, you know, are pinning down, like, rightfully, like what Shami just said a few minutes ago that, you know, you, you have to find someone who actually wants to tangle with you in that area. They should not give you the side eye or look at you funny or pass naughty comments for you choosing to go down that road, road before you actually are married. And people need to understand that, like you rightfully mentioned about the kids that are at Parinyatua Hospital, there are so many kids who are in that hospital that need a home and that need someone who's going to love them. So if I am single and I'm ready to be a mother and I want to take this journey, then I should take it with liberty and freedom and embrace the whole journey and enjoy it. It's, it's high time we start challenging the, 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 the status quo.
2: Yeah, that is absolutely correct. I think society yeah. is just too set in a certain way, but um, life is changing and things are changing in a way that makes us have to start questioning what we believe is the right thing or what we once believed was the right way. Because it doesn't always work that way.
0: Yeah. So. I'm not too sure if you belong to any religious um, institution, Jane. I would like to know that um, from your Christianity perspective, how has your journey um, affected the way either the community has accepted or not accepted you? What was the response like from your church community, the people you fellowship with?
2: Okay, well, I actually have two churches. One is where I go with my friends, which is River of Life. Although since COVID, I have to say, I never really went back. And then my mother's church as well, which is United Methodist. They were very supportive. River of Life didn't get to know about it just because it happened during COVID when I wasn't going. But my mother's church got to know because when I was filling in the forms, I actually, um, the pastor from that church is the one who filled it. And he was very supportive from the start. He felt that That's actually a very good thing to do. He didn't see anything wrong. He was very supportive. Even now, he still asks how the baby is. He always wants to get the progress report. He comes by to see her.
0: Oh, That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. I love the fact that the church is, is now looking at it differently. I know some... Some denominations might be a little bit finicky about it, but I'm loving that there are people like your your church leader, your pastor,
2: who is who is supporting such movements because he did. Because in his own family they had an adoption that happened. So he had some sort of history with it. You know, but
0: I'm I'm truly I'm truly happy for you that the church supported you in that way because it's like Church and community and family are always caught at half the time when people make such huge decisions in life. It's either um, of the three, four parties involved. Um, one is supportive, and with the other two, you always have to defend your position. You always have to defend why. Why did you decide to take this journey as a single woman? You constantly have to defend, but I'm so happy that you have family, First of all, that is supporting you and you have a church that is backing you, that is constantly checking up on you and the child. That is amazing because we can't be fighting battles on all fronts. You'd rather have like three people on your side and one against. And that's better because when you know that one is against, you've got got the comfort of three that are shielding you and protecting you. I hope that a lot of single women who have been listening to this episode who have heard Jane's story. I encouraged that it does not take you to be blood related to a person for you to be a mother. You don't need to be uh, blood related to someone to, to give that child that bond, that love that they need, that motherly love that they need. You don't need to be related by blood. You just need to be a person who's open enough to give this person your all and they receive your love and they just thrive and grow in it so for more information if you'd like to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us on our facebook page we can offer you um contacts to roses basket if you want to go through that process and also the Micro project which is also part of orphan care and adoption that we can help you um, get connected to these people so that you can start your journey of parenting So thank you for sticking around with us through this conversation. We will see you on the next go around.
1: So I am Yvonne. And I'm Shami. And we are out.